Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Anita J, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Wednesday, March 8, 2017. And today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Bill's story on page 13. The very first paragraph, beginning, at the hospital I was separated, through two paragraphs, ending, I have not had a drink since, and will be commenting on both paragraphs. Today's readers are for the 12 Steps, Lauren N. For the 12 Traditions, Carrie M. And the readers of the text this morning are Irene M., Tina S., and Larry K. The share ID for yesterday, Tuesday, um, March 7th, is for the 7 a.m., 9691, and for the 10 a.m., 9693. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of, uh, wait, wait a minute, did I tell you all the share ID for yesterday? Yes, I think I did. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is, that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Lauren N. to read uh, OA's 12 steps. Hi, sorry, Lauren N. Um, trying to unmute. <laughs> Um, The 12 steps. We admitted we were powerless over food and our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. 
Seven, humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to make personal to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for, his no, for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for your service, everyone, and I um, wish you all a fabulous day. I'll pass. Thank you very much, Lauren N. And now I will ask Carrie M. to read OA's 12 Traditions. Hi, my name is Carrie M. I'm a compulsive overeater from Boston. The 12 traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscious. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contribution. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And twelve, the anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Pass. Thank you very much, Carrie M. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is for six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read and we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute 
And once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book and we are on page 13, the very top of the page, beginning with at the hospital, reading through one more paragraph, I have not had a drink since. And I have asked Irene to um, begin us off. Irene M., thank you. Thank you, Anita, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God, always giving credit where credit is due. At the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time. Treatment seemed wise, for I showed signs of delirium tremens. There, I humbly offered myself to God, as I then understood him to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing, that without him I was lost. I truthlessly faced my sins and became willing to have my newfound friend take them away, root and branch. I have not had a drink since. Okay, let's identify with this awesome experience. He made that decision to do differently. He took step three, a commitment to take action, to quickly go through the steps with his heart. He simply just let go of what was torturing him. He let go of his pride, his ego, his self-centeredness. He let go of control. And yes, he also let go of his bottle. When we let go, we are then open to receive the gift from God. Bill was graced with recovery from his seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And how is this right? How, how, how did this happen? How is this possible in this hospital bed? Because of his desperation, his willingness, his honesty, and that light that came from his shadow of darkness that is hope, his belief in God. He humbly gave himself to God unreservedly, meaning completely without any reservation, to give all his difficulties and his need to be saved from himself, knowing in the depths of his being that he is lost without God. This wasn't a thought that came from his mind because it says it right here, for I showed signs of delirium tremens, which means a state of confusion. Delirium from the dictionary is an acute, disturbed state of mind and is characterized by restless illusions and incoherence of thought and speech. In other words, insanity. If we get connected and stay connected, this is how God's unconditional love manifests in our lives. 
he was filled with the light of the spirit that was awake that he had awakened him and to see the truth and that would set him free he had a personality change from bill centered to god centered he had been restored to a state of sanity thank you god for we wouldn't be here right now a complete turnaround 180 degrees for myself as well but over a time with the grace of God, I too needed to be saved from myself, from an uncontrolled child riding that emotional roller coaster without a stop button and took everybody with me, running to doctors and therapists. Why? Just to name a few. My nervous disposition, rage, anger, depression, fear, mood swings, anxiety, having mono, CFS, and fibromyalgia. And yes, compulsive overeating until I got sick to my stomach. Today, I see no doctors. I take no meds. I embrace my learning disability and work around it. I have peace in my heart and in my mind. I'm joyous and free. A complete turnaround. Thank you, God. I, too, as Bill told God, take me. I'm yours with my hands spread out. My exterior interior of self was naked that he may clothe me and mold my heart as he would have me be. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you so much, Irene. Who else would like to share on these programs? Do Al, Tina. Just a minute. Just a minute, Tina. Just a minute. Just a minute, please, Sue, and Do Nessa Vasa. All right. Let me see. I think. I think this is what. This is who called, phoned it in. No, nobody phones it in here. Harlan, Larry, Tina, um, Sue, Sue G, Duel, Nessa R, and Vasa O. Is there another voice? All right, then we'll start. We'll start with this is seven. That's perfect. Harlan, good morning. You're up first. Carolyn, press star one. All right, Harlan. Can I be heard? I'm sorry. Okay, Harlan G. Okay, I'm sorry. Harlan G. Recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. I was talking to myself there for a minute. Thank you to Team Wednesday. (laughs) Okay. Bill is drinking. It is 1934. Ebby comes to see him the end of November. He is now attending Oxford group meetings for two weeks. He meets Sieber Graves Jr. He sees Roland H. He is going with Ebby to the Oxford group meetings at the Cavalry Mission in New York City, and he meets Sam Shoemaker. It is now the 11th of December. Bill has been unable to put down the bottle. The 11th of December, 1934, he comes into the town's hospital waving a bottle of gin, yelling at the top of his lungs while Silkworth is working on another sick man. He's waving a bottle and saying to Silkworth, I have found something. And Dr. Silkworth looks at him and says, it appears you have, son. Go upstairs and get into bed. 
the 13th of December, two days later, Bill is now sober. He writes here that at the hospital he was separated from alcohol for the last time. Treatment seemed wise. He goes back to the towns where I showed signs of delirium tremens, the DTs. Now listen to the language here because in this paragraph, we're going to see some things here that are going to change the world. There I humbly offered myself to God as I then understood him to do with me as he would. I placed myself unreservedly under his care and direction. I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing, that without him I was lost. These are what we know to be today the first three steps of our program of Overeaters Anonymous, and this is third-step prayer language at the very beginning. So he is taking now what we know to be the first three steps. I ruthlessly faced my sins. One of the Oxford Group tenants was face your sins, and that is what we know today to be step four. He became willing to have my newfound friend, notice that friend is capitalized there, take them away, root and branch, steps six and seven. I have not had a drink since. So in this first paragraph, he is going to take steps, what we know to be one, two, three, four, five will be the next paragraph, six and seven. One, two, three, four, six and seven in this one paragraph and he has not had a drink since. This is extremely important because he's coming to. He comes into the hospital on the 11th of December. This is the 13th of December, two days later. He will leave on the 18th of December, but there are some things that are going to happen to him that we'll cover in the next couple of pages that are going to change the course of planet Earth forever, and there's going to be warmth and sunshine in that freezing cold cave of alcoholism and addiction. And this is the process right here that we're looking at. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Harlan G. Larry Kay, good morning. Good morning, Anita. Good morning. Larry Kay, recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. So, um, yeah, we, we, we read here that in step three, what he's what bill is doing is he's making an affirmative declaration that he's going to move forward with some actions and he and he talks as harlan mentioned he talks about what those actions are which coincide with our steps they didn't have steps then they had the oxford group uh tenants but he was most certainly affirmatively declaring that he's going to move forward with these actions and he went about it and these actions we know will bring us into sufficient alignment with God, the God of our understanding, the higher power of our understanding. So for me, step three was not a complex process. Have we overcomplicated it? Sure we have. Step three is merely an invitation to have the courage to move forward, to take some actions. Actions, by the way, following a process where the outcome is uncertain. You don't know what's going to happen. When you affirmatively declare that you're going to turn your will in your life, your, your, your thinking, your actions over the care of some God that you may not even, some higher power that you may not even have a clear understanding of what that is. I know I didn't. It takes courage. But it's a pretty simple thing. 
that you're just going to take some actions. You're, you're affirmatively declaring you're going to take some actions. You're going to follow a process. Yes, the outcome is uncertain, but here we read Bill is separated from alcohol for, alcohol for the last time. Now he's reflecting back. I can reflect back when I was separated from food for the last time. I can look you in the eye and tell you that as long as I remain in fit spiritual condition. So like Harlan mentioned, Bill is taking what, I, what we know to be steps one, two, three, four, and six, and then he's going to share this stuff with Abby as well. But that's all we're doing. It's a simple thing. We don't need to complicate the, the heck out of it. Just basically saying, Here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to move forward with these actions. Now, what if Bill sort of came on the proverbial line like we get on this morning? never taking actions, just every day not moving forward with it. Well, you and I wouldn't be here today if that were the case. But thank God. Thank God for Alcoholics Anonymous. Thank God that he did move forward with courage, uncertainty, not knowing for sure what was going to happen. And we know the rest of the story. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks so much, Larry Kay. Tina S., good morning to you. Thanks, Anita. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater, Anorexic in Florida. Some really good stuff, and thanks, guys, for, for sharing. You know, it's it's interesting. Uh, during the two shares, I was thinking to myself, I I forgot my uh, current big book this morning, so I, I went to my car, and I got this old big book that I have, and it's just interesting that, you know, um, it talks about direction and care and um, specific direction. And, and in the margin of this big book, which is very old, is exactly what was shared by the two guys previous. And it's interesting and it's just fabulous that it's all in black. And, you know, these are steps one, two, three, four, six, and seven. And I have that in my margins. And it is December the 11th in 1945 at Towns Hospital. And that we know that these are not people's opinions. These are facts of the movement that saved my life. And, and if I'm willing to do this deal, which I am today, you know, only because of my experience, and, and that's all that I can share with somebody else is my experience. And, and I work these steps, and I'm so grateful for the Oxford group. And I'm grateful that Bill had to go through all the drunks that he did to bring this book alive for me. And, um, and that I have the opportunity today to do this and to be humble. You know, that was not a word that was in my vocabulary when I first got here. And today, it is something that I want, is some hum humility, you know. And that was never anything that I, I had strived for before. And I am so grateful that it tells me in, this, in these paragraphs that, that the only way that this can happen for me, this transformation, is through a power greater than myself. And if I, if I um, place myself unreservedly under his care and direction, this comes true for me. And what a gift. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thanks very much, Tina S. Sue G, followed by Duel. Good morning, Sue. Sue G? How about Duel? Good morning. This is Duel, Recover Compulsive Reader from New York. Grateful to be here. Um, so what I see here is uh, on on this page is you know that he separated from alcohol for the last time, and what a wonderful what a wonderful hope that is, right? Um, because if you do what this big book says, 
that is the promise. The promise is permanent recovery. Um, I know some people don't believe that because they believe they're constantly recovering because, um, you know, there's no end all be all. But it's saying here, no, there is he separated from alcohol for the last time means he's not going back to it. <laughs> um, and then but he had to take some actions, some steps in order to make that happen. Right. And uh, another thing that I see the, the page before it said that, you know, when when he talked to Bill about a personal God who was love, superhuman strength and direction. He became irritated and his mind snapped shut against such a theory. And here he's saying, no, you know what? I've given up the fight. I'm surrendering. I'm letting go of those beliefs. I'm letting go of those old conceptions and trying something new. And so he humbles himself. He submits himself under this new guidance and this new direction. You know, and he says it unreservedly under his care and direction when when he used to be snapped shut. Um, and so he says here, you know, now, you know, without reservation, I myself see that I am nothing without this higher power, you know, and, and what a wonderful thing that is when we surrender, because then we're able to do what we couldn't do before. And what he could do now is he could face ruthlessly face his sins. He could face his problems with a new direction you see his direction was alcohol to solve his problems uh for us it's the food but now he has this new power uh because we lack power and now he's found this new friend who's going to do the job for him you know he's going to co-create with this higher power he's going to work along with this higher power to take care of his problem and that's the hope. That's the hope. And that's the new direction. That's the new experience that we have when we take these steps. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much, Duelle. Suji, are you back? I sure am. <laughs> right, good morning. I was talking, and uh, all of a sudden I hear this weak little voice. In fact, it's still very, very, I can barely almost hear somebody. I can almost hear you, Anita. Oh, I don't think anyone else is having the issue. But please oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. that's better, it's, that's better. Yeah, it's your voice that's we want to hear. Phone. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> all right, so I was I was talking, all of a sudden a little voice came in, and I went, what's going on? I can't hear you. Um, Sue, uh, Sue G. from Michigan, recovered. Um, what I loved about this was that after he humbly himself, uh, humbled himself to God, you know, we don't like to use the word sins. But that's what they are. The things that we do, um, our, res- our resentments, our character defects, they're all sins. And um, and he confessed his sins. Of course, that was part of the Oxford group. And um, I love it that he became willing um, to have his newfound friend, friend and capitalized, capitalized friend, take away from him root and branch. Um, he had him take away. And that's what we pray um, every every morning. We pray for the seventh step. We, I pray the seventh step prayer, and I do the uh, Danzi um, extension that he offers, that he offered when he did his thing on, on our group. Um, and hasn't had a drink since. I wish it had been that easy for me. I wish that 
that um, I hadn't had, I hadn't picked up ever again after I surrendered to God and asked him to take away all my character defects. My main character defect is controlling. So that's a hard one because I also try to control my food because I'm a controller. So it affects my food. Um, But he was so humble at that time and just so uh, everything came in place for him. And uh, and I'm glad that to, to read that, you know, that he, after Ebby talked to him, it wasn't the last time that he picked up. And that gives me hope that, you know, that it wasn't my last time either. And, um, but root and branch. You know, we have, can't just pull up the branches and cut off the branches of a rose bush. If we want to pull it out, we have to pull it out and get all the roots of any tree, any shrub, and that's what he asked him to do, to take it away, root and branch. And he had not had a drink since. And uh, I pray that my recovery goes on for a long, 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 long time. And thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much, Suji. Uh, Nessa, followed by Vasa. Good morning, Nessa. Hi, good morning. Good morning, Vision for You. It's Nessa R. Recovered in Toronto, Canada. So, um, Bill here had um, what the big book calls a spiritual experience, a sudden, a sudden, a sudden occurrence, which I think is, is, is unique. I don't think it happens to a lot of individuals. It certainly happened um, to Bill, and after which his compulsion to uh, to drink was removed. My my experience was different. I did not have um, a sudden upheaval. I had um, a gradual slow process, um, which I think is um, um, more more the norm um, than the exception. It happens uh, to most people that I know. But the thing here is that you know people read this paragraph and they expect the same thing. Um, and when the compulsion to eat is not immediately lifted, you know, after you know being being abstinent for three weeks or three days or whatever it is, and and you know having taken steps one, two, and three, you know people become discouraged and and give up. And you know I think that instead of focusing on okay what happened to Bill should have happened to me, uh, we should focus on okay how did this happen to Bill? I mean sure his his uh, experience was 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 um um was immediate um very fast but it happened as a result of taking the steps so this tells me that my compulsion to overeat is going to be lifted when i work the steps you know the only difference between me and bill is the time frame upon which this occurs, you know, for, for Bill was immediate, and for me, it, it was a gradual process uh, as, I, as I got through the steps, more specifically step 10, which is the one that, that says um, that, um, you know, we have, a, we, are, we have a position of neutrality around the food. Um, and that makes perfect sense to me because steps one through nine, I learn, um, I, I, I learn a new thought process that, that unblocks me from my, my higher power that removes um, all those blockages, mainly uh, my character defects. And in step 10, I get to practice that thought process until it becomes a working part of the mind. And so now we have to look carefully at the words here. He says that reservedly. He doesn't say, you know, okay, God, I, um, 
you know, I'm willing to give up uh, wine, but I'm going to hold on to beer. You know, it's the same thing with me. God, uh, I'm willing to give up my red foods, but I'm holding on to my yellow foods. I'm going to give up trying to control the food, but I'm going to hold on to uh, continuing to try to, to, uh, to control others. It says unreservedly, which means everything. And then it says under his care and direction, not just his care. It says, you know, it's not like, okay, God, take care of me while I continue to do what I want. It's God, take care of me while I follow your direction, while I do what you want. Um, and so this is what we have to focus on when we are looking at whether our, um, um, my, my compulsion to overeat has, has been lifted. You know, it's have I done these things that Bill did? It's not just focusing on, well, it happened to Bill in a day, so it should happen to me in three days. No, it happened to Bill when he worked the steps, and it's going to happen to me when I work the steps. Um, the, immediate, the immediacy of Bill's experience was God's gift, which can also happen. Uh, it wasn't my experience, but it did happen as soon as I, I worked the steps and gained access to my higher power as a result, and with that, I passed. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thank you so much. Vasa, um, you're up. Good morning. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Anita, Jay, for your service. And I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive, Vida calling from uh, Florida. And I had my Abby that brought me to my first uh, OA meeting, and I had the gift of desperation, which that's step one, two, and three, and pain and suffering brought me on my knees. I had no idea what was going to happen when she suggested for me to surrender to God. I had no clue, and I was, I was terrified to do that. And this was October 25th, 1986. It was around 10 o'clock p.m. And I marked the calendar. I will never, never forget that day when I came home from my first meeting. And I ran in the bathroom and uh, closed the door. And in desperation, I was ready and willing to humble myself and surrender to God. Whoever that God was, please help me to put this food down and relieve me from this compulsion and addiction. And I remember saying, forgive me for all the sins I had committed in my life. I didn't do it exactly the way it's written here, you know, but God knew my heart, you know, what I was feeling, what I was thinking. And and then, you know, I had a hard time understanding what sins were, but it was much I can identify with the character defects. I knew what that meant, you know. And I, right, I, you know, once I said, forgive me for all the sins that I've committed, I felt this energy. It was like electri- electricity going from my head to my heart. And this power just hit me down, you know. And this is what they call spiritual experience that I had. And I didn't want to share from, you know, for I was embarrassed or I was uh, ashamed to talk about it. It took me a couple of years to really, really come out and tell people what happened to me because I heard somebody else had that, some similar experience like mine, and I almost gave me permission for me to share. And uh, that was the last time I, I, I was separated from the food addiction and I, I, like I was separated from the toxics that I was uh, putting in my body from that night. I haven't had them. It's by the grace of God 
you know, and uh, and that was the third step. I, I had no clue what I was going to do. I just did it anyways. I took a risk. I didn't know whether this guy was going to strike me down or raise me. Well, I got up, and I felt like this burden was lifted of the weight was just lifted off my shoulders. I started experiencing joy and peace, and I hadn't even lost a pound yet of my weight, you know. But this was only the beginning, and that's why I kept coming back to the program and worked the rest of the steps, you know. Somehow I felt like if I didn't have the spiritual experience, maybe I'm going to wrap it up. I know my time is coming up. That's what kept me coming back. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass. Thanks so much, Fasa O. Who else would like to share on these first Lisa B. Lisa B. Lynn S. Barbara E. Leslie W. Lennon S. Just a minute. Barbara W. And uh, who was the one between Lynn S. and... Barbara E. Yes, and Leah M. Leslie W. Leslie W. All right. I think there was one person I missed. So let me just say this. I have you. I have Lisa, Lynn, Barbara, Monica, Leah, and Leslie. Was there one person in there? Leah S. Andy S. Okay, it was Leah S. All right, I think I think we're just going to uh, stop there, and if we can get more, we will. Go ahead. Good morning, Lisa B. Just press star one, Lisa B. Good morning. This is Lisa B. Grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Greenville, South Carolina. At the hospital, I was separated from alcohol for the last time. Um, I had to be separated from all of my alcoholic foods so that I could be open and hear. And I needed to have this relationship with a power greater than me, not the food. And um, what I hear him talking about here is also how I do a 10th step. And because um, he's, he's going through the steps here. And I do a deeper work. My higher power enables me to do a deeper work on a daily basis in the 10th steps. My ego rebuilds itself on a daily basis, and honesty is the first thing to go when I am slipping back, and then justification. Um, The disease wants all of me, all of me. It's not satisfied with just a little bit, but it comes in so subtly. So what I see in this reading is that he is, by the grace of his higher power, able to surrender all of himself to his higher power. And to have this relationship with a power greater than himself, not the alcohol. And um, I think that I need to go beyond just needing and wanting God. I really need to do all of the work and keep going and keep going. And often in the work, I'm not feeling anything different, but I'm going in faith and I'm hearing in your voices and my recovered guide that showed me the way that I need to keep moving, and that's what I see him doing. He's not lingering on. He's, he's uh, moving quickly through these steps, and with that, I pass. Thanks so much, Lisa B. Lynn S., followed by Leah S. Good morning. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. When I heard this 
passage being read this morning, it just locked into my heart like I've never heard it before. And I, I just went, that was my experience. That was my experience. I can remember, you know, binging all the way up to this wellness retreat that I had booked myself in. And I thought, oh, my God, this wasn't the way I had planned coming into this wellness retreat to be binging in the car on the way up there. And I, I just couldn't understand it. And I was thinking, you know, since I was there at the hospital and going there at the retreat, I was separated from food for the last time. And I remember um, checking in and, and sitting down and, and just at this little table in my room and I had my journal out and I was writing down to God or talking to God and saying, I don't understand this. I, I have tried for eight years and I cannot do this thing. And I, I give up. I guess I'm going to be one of those people that never get it. And I also remember saying, but I know like, I know you are the only way. I know the steps are the only way, and I can't do it. I have tried my hardest. And I can remember writing the steps out uh, from memory, sort of in my pen growing across the page and, and, and feeling each step as I was writing it. But, and I thought this is um, feeling so cathartic, but I had no idea at that time that that was going to make the change in my life. And I... I I can't explain it, but I see on the page here and I identify with that experience. And that was two and a half years ago for me now. And just, I am just so grateful, so humbled. I tried so hard and I couldn't do it. I could not get this thing back. And there, for the grace of God, it, it's this example on the page of what happened to Bill just hit me at home and I said, that's what happened. That's the way it is. And thank you, God, from there I've been involved in vision and working the steps. And my life has totally changed. And for that, I am eternally grateful. With that, I pass. Thanks so much, Lynn S. Uh, Leah S., followed by Barbara E. Go ahead, Leah. Thank you very much. Um, this is Leah S., a recovered compulsive overeater from Brooklyn. There, I humbly offered myself to God. And the last sentence, I have not had a drink since. So my abstinence did not come so easily until I finally had to take step two very seriously. Is this really going to work? Am I not going to overeat because I have a God? What do they mean when they're saying that? How am I going to do all these steps? How am I going to just, you know, get all that serenity that people have? Are you telling me I'm going to get rid of my resentments? Are you telling me that I might have a life that I'm dreaming about or don't have the courage to dream about? It happened. It happened when I am honest with myself. And when I accept that there is a higher power that is going to help me, and I have not had anything that is not on my food plan since October of 2013. Thank you, God. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks very much, Leah S. And Barbara E., followed by Monica T. Good morning, Barbara. Hi, everyone. This is Barbara E. from New Jersey. 
so glad to be with you on this rainy, dreary day, but not here, not with you. I love that this, these paragraphs encapsulate so many of the principles of the program, honesty, hope, faith, courage, and humility. Um, Bill's story is so inspiring to me. As I read it, I ask myself questions. Am I as hopeless as Bill? I was as hopeless as Bill, gaining and losing weight seven times over 100 pounds each time and always regaining it. I came in 20 years ago, and I am so willing at this point to do whatever I can to get spiritually fit. My questions that I always ask myself is, can I be rigorously honest, rigorously for me? Do I realize there must be an end to my self-centeredness? And can I remember on a daily basis to turn everything over to God? Have I felt a connection to him at one point or another? Yes, but consistently, no, I go to my own self-will to decide. Of course, I'm willing to help others, but I want to get better. And I am willing to go to any length to get this recovery and do all the steps as I need to because I want everything that the program offers, not just the physical recovery, but the mental and spiritual recovery as well that I hear in this Vision for You meeting. Thank you, everyone. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Barbara E. And Monica T., good morning. You're up. Good morning, Anita. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. So here we are, Bill's story. He's uh, been in the hospital here. It was his third treatment with Dr. Silkworth in 1934, and uh, he's close to having delirium tremens. And those are nasty. You know, you're out of your mind. You're seeing things. So, you know, as a young nurse, I remember treating um taking care of a few people with delirium tremens, pretty darn scary. There I humbly offered myself to God, as I then understood him to do with me as he would. You know, and this, uh, that word humbly, you know, my thought on that was humiliation. You know, I always sort of put those two words together. Well, that's not, that's not, that's not what you're saying here. Humbly. Being aware of one's shortcomings. So this is not about humiliation. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. And the other thing I wanted to say here is that Bill is looking back here. When he's writing this paragraph, he's, he's telling us what he's done. He's done steps one, two, and three, but he's also done more steps. So I see here, you know, step one was a decision step. I had to come to the decision that I was powerless. My way had not worked, darn it. And, and I was hopeless and I was desperate. And then step two, you know, I was told there's a power greater than you, Monica, that, that's taking, care, taking this away for us. It can do it for you too. You don't have to understand all this. You don't have to make a big deal about it. Just, you know, are you willing to believe there's something greater than you? It's worked for us. Okay, it's worked for you. I, I see it. I'll try and then step three here. And I was told that it could be as simple, Monica, as just saying, I'm making a decision to carry through with the rest of the steps. 
And that's what we see here. He carried through with the rest of the steps. He got a, a, um, a relationship with God or, or, you know, this was developed. It was increased, whatever your scenario might be, as for me, as in the process of working through the steps. Um, so, you know, when I read this, this, this paragraph with my guide, it was like I humbly offered myself to God. You know, I wasn't too sure about all this stuff, you know, but I was desperate and I was willing to try something else. And with that, I passed. Hey, and it worked. Yeehaw. <laughs> Just waiting for that yeehaw. All right. Thank you, Monica T. Leah M., good morning. You're up. Thank you, Anita. What jumps out at me this morning is this word separated and then the statement, I have not had a drink since. You know, separated, um, it's like a divorce. You know, it's a death of a relationship. Um, I remember when I began my recovery process, I happened to be in a uh, 12-step oriented rehab and we actually had a funeral you know we put kind of like all our binge foods in a coffin you know it was a death of a relationship I am disconnecting to that which I used to consistently turn to so you know I had to have this detachment because I can only serve one master at a time and that's going to either be the master called addiction or the master that I call God. There's no in-between. You know, I used to uh, need a lot of food, and now I need a lot of God. You know, it was a separation. I had to put down all those binge foods as if it was a death, because it was. I was being made available for a new relationship. And when I read these two paragraphs, you know, I visualize the turning. That's what the program of recovery has been for me. It is a turning away, a deliberate decision that I am making, a death, a separation from an old way of life, from uh, seeking a sense of ease and comfort in substances that were found in bakery boxes and and, and cellophane bags to turn, to turn towards a new relationship. And I couldn't define it. I didn't know exactly what it was going to be. Um, but I was, it was suggested to me not spend a lot of time trying to define it, but to take the action of these steps. Because my old way didn't work. And there was a solution. You know, Bill says here, I have not had a drink since. The big book uses the word recovered because that word shows a complete change, a transformation in one's attitude, a turning. That's the advertisement. <laughs> Bill no longer has the illness he used to have. He's not cured. The big book boldly states, however, that we are placed in a position of neutrality with respect to our binge foods for bill alcohol, we have recovered. It also declares we're not cured. But as a result of this work, we no longer uh, turn to addiction and substance, something outside of ourselves, to seek ease and comfort. Instead, we have this new re relationship as a result of these steps. With that, I pass. Thanks so much, Leah M. And Leslie W., you're up. Thank you. This is Leslie W., recovered in Tennessee. 
Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Okay, thank you. So uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful to have the opportunity to share. And for me, um, you know, where it says here, I admitted for the first time that of myself I was nothing, that without him I was lost. You know, um, I'm a southern gal, grew up in this, grew up in South Georgia near Savannah. So um, for me, it was just a rite of passage to go to church. I mean, everybody went to church. Um, <laughs> everybody I knew was Christian. Um, and everybody um, just, you know, it was just, it's a, it was just a culture. And, and for me, you know, I, I was raised in a Southern Baptist church. I was raised singing hymns and talking about God and uh, Jesus and all those things, you know. Um, and I press it and I say that because, when I first came into this program seven years ago, I was desperate. I mean, I could not understand why my God that I believed in did not, would not, or would not, or could not, would not help me with this. I, I begged him for years to take away the uh, this problem. And... You know, for me, um, I had a really hard time with, with I, when I first came into the rooms, I saw step one, two, and three. I said, check. Now, give me the diet, give me the pill, and, and you know, I'm out of here. Um, that was really my attitude. What I didn't understand was that I claimed to be a Christian. I, came, I claimed to be a believer, but that's not how I was living my life. I was a complete hypocrite, singing up in the choir and then going home to beat my brains out. And thank God for this disease, because it brought me to my knees. It brought me to my knees. And I have since discovered a relationship with God like I have never had before. I have freedom. I have love for myself and love for others. And I have come a long way from seven years ago wanting to drown myself in a bathtub while my child, while my three three month old and husband were downstairs. Okay, a long way. And I have to say this too for all you moms out there because there was a lot of talk of yesterday on the second hour about how do I do this? I have a I have an infant at home. I have children at home. You know what? You're not alone. You're not alone. We're out there. I promise you, we're out there working this program with our little ones underfoot, pulling at us, wanting our attention while we're on the Vision for You call. So it can be done. It can be done. And you can have freedom and you can have recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. There's one little minute, and I'm just going to quickly say, if I can be quick, my sudden transformation took 36 years. 36 years because it happened in 2014 came into OA in 1978 and finally finally I solid one two and three and four and five and I was in the middle of the amends and this sudden really it was like the sun came down you know those paintings sometimes like that boom boom the turnaround on the world, uh, 
sudden, it felt sudden, but actually it took 36 years. It doesn't have to, though, everybody. It doesn't have to. Um, I want to thank everybody who has shared today. Wonderful, wonderful meeting, as always. And I want to tell you the share ID for today's 7 a.m. meeting is 9695. 9695. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164. Uh, our book is meant to be suggestive only. And Tina S., will you please read of our vision for you? Thanks, Anita. Tina S., Recovered Compulsive Eater Anorexic. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit, to, admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.